Hey, welcome to Two Girls, One Journey. I'm Naya. I'm Gabby. Here we talk about all things kidney beans. And everything in between. Hello, my friends. It is Gabby. And it's Naya. Two Girls, One Journey up in the house. So what's going on? Absolutely nothing, you know, just hanging out with you like we do. Yeah, it's Monday. Monday is our filming day. Uh, I feel like we haven't filmed in so long, but it's only been like a week. Crazy. I feel like time is flying, but um, so today is going to be a really cool episode. Gabby is going to talk to us about her advocacy and how she went to Congress. Some updates. She will also um, provide the links to some of these um, documents in our description. So, Gabby. Hello, friends. As Naya said, I have been advocating um, for about David, uh, the lobbyist I work with, has told me it's been six years I've been working with him now, which is crazy because it's been the shortest yet longest six years of my life. Like I, It's funny because I remember signing up as an ambassador. My mom actually sent me the AKP ambassador thing because I think they used to be Lifelink or unless Lifelink is separate, I'm really not sure. But I know Lifelink's around there too. There might have been an affiliation. I think they so. They together in some way somehow. So my mom actually sent it to me um, years ago and I signed up and I did like little things here and there and then when I was living in St. Augustine I got an email one day inviting me to go talk to Congress so I asked my dad like hey can I do this and he's like yeah it's time I was on PD so he had to come with me to help me with my machine and all that so he we drove up there it's always a blast going um we pretty much talk about like the same things um but it's all kidney patients and um it was actually cool because i got the chance to go with my dad one year and my mom another year so they got to do it too and like you know both of their uh, point of views as like a donor slash caregiver so um so i work i signed up for an ambassadorship with aakp which is the american association of kidney patients they're actually founded in i believe in the 80s by um dialysis patients and a doctor a nephrologist but anyway they were founded and i also work with asn i'm not familiar they're american society of nephrology they kind of do you know the policies and all that when it comes to like kidney care, Medicare, you know, that kind of stuff. Side note, why are all these organizations, organizations? <laughs> organizations? Why are these organizations also small on social media? Like they need like to market that well, stuff. Well, see, that's the thing. When we went, every time I go on Twitter, they're like, oh, be on Twitter, be on Twitter, interact with your Congress people. And I'm like, nobody's on Twitter. Yeah, no one's on Twitter. No, but honestly, like I told them, I, I understand this is how they communicate, right? And this is how we communicate to them. But let's be real, who uses Twitter anymore? Twitter, like, I, I can't see in that. I've never used Twitter, and I know it's for politicians, and it's, like, more accessible, um, but... You then, see younger Congress people on Twitter, though, like Maxwell Frost, and there, I've seen a couple others on Congress that I actually like because their content shows, like, how it works in the background. Like Oh, the, which I think I, like, I would like yeah. that, too. I just feel like these organizations need to maybe... It's easy for like the gist of it to go onto Twitter, like the bulk of it, but also finesse your other social media because that's yeah. where most people get news. Most people get all of that. Like that's true. You're not wrong. Um, so every year in March, we actually go to Congress and we've been National Kidney Month. 
it is national kidney month um and actually this is a fun fact i learned that all the advocacy groups go in march because even though the year starts in january they start renewing and reviewing policies and stuff like that around march so that they can make the changes for the following year is that part of like a fiscal budget or something maybe um but i'm not sure but i thought that was actually kind of interesting that all the advocacy groups come around the same time that must be a busy freaking month yeah they're they're hella busy um during march when we go and then also like on top of that they have like field trips and stuff so we were surrounded by middle schoolers so that was fun um but no when you go um basically what we were talking about is um asn is um partnered they put up 25 million of their own money asn and they were asking congress for over a course of tw- five years to give 25 million of their money and there's a contest um it's like a basic contest five million per year yes basically and it's um basically to excel uh, accelerate innovation so like the first it says 25 million in congressional funding needed for FY24 to support development of the artificial kidney. So the first part of the first phase was redesign dialysis, so that was already done. They have 21 prize winners and the prize was 4.125 million. So I know just before you continue, like, okay, so I know like for the artificial kidney they need funding so they can do the human trials, but like they're also, they've also used that technology to make better versions of hemodialysis yeah but people are willing to pay for that which i get that too but like wouldn't like an artificial kidney be like oh yeah that's end goal yeah but they have to think i think they're trying to make it inclusive because what if there's people that don't qualify for the oh yeah no, i was just about to say that yeah. but like at the same token like can both be funded at the same time that's what i'm trying Thanks. to get at um and then it was the patient innovator challenge not really sure what that one was and then it was COVID-19 kidney care which was um and actually the guy that I worked with he was part of um getting our um vaccines into the centers um so he said that was kind of like pulling a tooth but that is a little bit weird and there's there's also an age yeah, well, he had to explain to them, like, hey, these are sick, like, genuinely sick people that are at risk. Like, they had, he was telling us during COVID, they had um, the most death of kidney patients, I think. And how many? I can't remember but how there many. But there's a lot of factors to that, not just. Right. Yeah, because obviously. But he was, he, basically, he was trying to explain to them, like, look, these people are sick. They can't go stand in a line with however many other people to wait for a vaccine that's why oh yeah um, but going back to what you said there was more reasons why the population got ill but um i mean me personally like i didn't have an issue with the vaccines uh mayo clinic actually called me to go in because i was doing my evil at the time so yeah i was fortunate in that aspect of the last two that i got i just had the cbs when it was more like available um and then but one thing I notice at dialysis centers is that, and I get why they do this, but like they distribute the vaccines first to the oldest, maybe more right. high risk patients, and then like the younger crew. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. I don't know if that was how it is in center, or it might be in that in center, but they, I don't know, I don't know, they kind of just approached me at my 
when I go in, like, hey, you want this? And well, they approach you, but in terms of if it's like a like a flu shot or things like that. Okay, I got gotcha. you. Um, but even with the COVID shot, I believe like there was like a triage with that. That makes sense. Man, that's stupid. What is healthcare nowadays? Yeah, um, and I get it because of like the age factor for like this demographic of dialysis patients with kidney failure. Um, but I think at that point, like. Yeah, all like we're all in the same boat. I gotta find there's 50. Why are there 51 things on here? There's only 50 states. Okay, so here are the um, kidney disease by the numbers for the state of Florida. So in Florida, approximately 3.6 million people um, have kidney disease. 50,000 patients are diagnosed with kidney failure. 36,000 of them are on dialysis. Um, 14,000 are waiting a kidney transplant and almost um, 5,000 are waited on wait lists for a kidney patient for a transplant and that includes me. Um, there are actually more than 37 million Americans living with kidney disease. Some don't know it. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah. Um, 50 billion are Medicare costs. 50 billion Medicare costs for kidney failure per year, and 150 billion Medicare costs for kidney kidney diseases per year. Yeah, it's expensive, people. It's expensive. I think it's one of like the most expensive diseases. 800,000. Wait, one Yeah, 800,000 have kidney failure and need dialysis or a transplant to live. Um, so basically, like I said, they were asking $25 million for Kidney X to accelerate innovation in the prevention, diagnosis, and treatment of kidney diseases and for support of the American service members with kidney disease. Because interesting enough, those numbers that I just read to you do not include veterans. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, so what we're trying to ask for is increased funding for Veterans Health Administration National Kidney Program and to increase the funding for a Department of Defense Congressionally Directed Medical Research Program. Because it's just crazy to me that's like, even with the VA, like, how do you not, like, how are our numbers so skewed? Well, I think the skew comes because, like, first off, off the bat, sometimes people don't know they have kidney disease. So when you find out certain things, you, if you're doing research, like it's not going to be the greatest number because now you're going off an estimate, right, or whatever. Um, it goes back to like the scientific method, in a sense. So then I also feel like there's so many variables to the policies, the modalities. There's so many things. So to get an actual number, it's pretty hard. So that's true. The accuracy is always good. Not it's not a ninety nine point nine percent. It's probably ninety nine point nine percent, but like that one percent does play a big role. So when I go, um, it's actually a variety of people that go. There's patients. There's nephrologists. There's dietitians. Um, pretty much anybody that you can think of in the renal world will be there. If I go with you next year, can I just talk to them about nephrologists? Stop treating patients like they're all the freaking same because we're not and that's a big problem everyone is different everyone's not as fragile or like as sensitive or and my whole point is like we're different stop putting me in this category so one of the i know it doesn't really pertain to it but i met this doctor i want to say her name is dr gupta i can't remember her first name mm -hmm. she is so sweet i think she's from georgia 
no, she's from Indiana, I'm sorry. She's from Indiana. She was so sweet. She actually taught, or not taught, she took the time to learn all the machines. So she knows how the machines work. And I'm like, that is so impressive because how many nephrologists can you say sit there and know how the machines work and how this works? And, you know, like they can... I'm sorry. Speaking of doctors and medication, can doctors stop charging Medicare or insurance like a thousand bucks for a five minute conversation to see how I'm doing? That shit pisses me off. If or can we charge doctors that are late? Yeah, I think so, too. No. Well, let's talk about that. So, Cabby, sorry, doctor. We do appreciate you. You're pretty cool. But, Love you. But I hate when there's, like, a policy. If you're 15 minutes late, we have to cancel and more like, they'll bill your insurance or what have you. I mean, sometimes, yeah, shit happens. But what about the doctors who come in all late? Like, you have a doctor. You're going to have to wait for me. <laughs> like, that's actually happened to me before. And it wasn't an important appointment. I was like, look, they're late. I need to like go make this another like a telehealth. I got left in a gynecologist's office once. I went to go get a pap and to get birth control. And you know, I got they handed me a gown, put me in a room, I got all undressed and stuff. I sat in there for <laughs> I don't even know how long. And then the lady comes in and she opens the door, turns off the light, and I'm like, um, excuse me? Oh, I would have pissed. <laughs> She's like, oh, I'm sorry, the doctor had an emergency and had to go into labor or whatever, like give birth. I'm like, oh, okay, but I'm, I'm here. Right. So when you go, is there a specific topic you're doing that year or encompasses a bunch of topics? That's Usually on? they stay around the same. Like um, we've been advocating for kidney X for that 25 million over five years for, for the last six years now. Um, which I'm assuming they did it because it says here that they're um, on the things it said when they announced the winners for each prize contest. So the artificial kidney winners are going to be announced in July of 2023. I met the coolest doctors from Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt is uh, in, in San Fran? No, it's in... Um, it's in East Coast. No, it's Tennessee. Yes, Vanderbilt, Tennessee. So Dr. Fissel was his name, and I can't remember the other one's name, but he was so sweet. They were both really sweet, and Dr. Fissel was making an artificial kidney out of silicone. Yes. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And so basically, like, just connect the little wires, like the ureters to... to, the artery, and then use the blood pressure to have the blood go through. Yes. So it was pretty cool. He was really nice, and he told me that he had my information... (laughs) <laughs> information <laughs> he had my he had my info um because he said that once the clinical trials he think i'd be a good candidate for it girl but, can you get these people on here because i got questions and i am kind of dumb but not really no i mean i want to reach out to them eventually um and be like hey can you be in our podcast i have so many questions please thank you <laughs> i can't wait for you to go next year um what else should i talk about we'll talk about um how the process is of like going in front of Congress. I'll tell you like a typical day. So basically, um, so when I go, ooh, Tampa General's calling me, hold up. When I go, I go um, representing AAKP and ASN actually too, um, American Association of Kidney Patients and American (laughs) Society of Nephrology. And um, they will reimburse me for my flight there and pay for my hotel stay and generally when we go it's only a one day thing um but it's like literally all day so we meet up for breakfast at 7 a.m 
and we have breakfast, you know, meet everybody, sit at our, um, it's separated by region. So I do the Florida Georgia region. Question, why is it broken up by like zone? Is there a specific reason? No, just because I guess there's so many Congress people to cover that it's easier just to break up in groups. That makes sense. And, you know, because I think there's like, what, 130 Congress members? What we will be talking about that day, and we go over a slideshow, they prep you really well in terms of how to speak to them, you know, what to say. And because we are limited on time, some most of your meetings are going to be uh, 15 minutes at the shortest and 30 minutes at the longest. So within that time frame, however many people you have in your group have to be able to share. When you go, you don't talk to the Congress people themselves. You might get a surprise visit here and there. Um, I got to meet one of the Georgia congresswomen um, one year when I was there and she let me sit in her desk and take a picture. It was really nice. I felt so fancy. This time we went, it was only three people in my group. It was me, David, and the doctor that I was working with. So it was just me. So then we go and when you go to Congress, not all your meetings are back to back. Like, oh, here's your little meeting and then you're gonna go only like, two doors down to the next. No, you're gonna be walking all over the place. So bring your walking shoes. Yeah, or bring like two pairs of shoes. Yeah. Because <laughs> Gabby did not do that. <laughs> I did not, I did not. Well, okay, to be fair, all the other times we took a cab to the Capitol. And this time we decided to walk. Well, we didn't decide to walk. Somebody made that executive decision for me. Gabby's <laughs> not good with change. <laughs> I'm not good with change and I don't have an athletic bone in my body. Do you guys want to see some humor? Me and Gabby are going to go doing a, what's it called? Like a two the water trike? Oh. The water trike, yeah. <laughs> guys, I might not come back so you know who to go after if that happens. Do you guys know she doesn't know how to swim and she's a Floridian? <laughs> And we're gonna be like in like three feet of water. I'm like, girl, you'll be fine. I and can. She, she's like, what happens if I get tired? I'm like, it's harder to like walk in water than it is to freaking do the trike. I asked. Uh, that's not what I wanted to use them for, but that works too. <laughs> oh my god. What else did I do? Well, the whole point of it, like, what's? I mean, obviously we kind of discussed it, but like, what's the whole point in general, like? No, the whole point is, you know, to make a better future for kidney patients and get the advancements that we need and the technological, we obviously need technological advancements because there's an issue when the PD machine I was just using six years ago is the same machine I was using 30 years ago. Obviously kidney patients, there's also a demographic, demographic within that. What about living donors? Do you guys also advocate for them? We did, um, and we got the living donor bill passed when we went. Um, so now living donors are protected um, because before insurance companies could actually deny you if you were a living donor. So now I don't believe they can. And then also we got the Living Donor Act that Trump signed, I believe, that- In 2021, I think? I think so. It was either 2020 or 2021, but it allows um, living donors to donate but still keep their job. So basically it protects their job since you're, yeah. they'll be out for about four weeks. Yeah, average four weeks, yes. But yeah, that's the whole point of it. And I really enjoy it and I hope in my lifetime, I get to see some of these changes. Facts, I think we're well overdue for these changes. My favorite thing that David said whenever we would go into our meetings and I would say my spiel about you know the innovation and how it hasn't changed is he was like, imagine being 
um, a cardiac patient or an oncologist patient and you walk into an office and you see the same technology that they used 30 years ago. Like you don't have that in oncology and cardiology. I mean, granted, we shouldn't have that in any healthcare. So like that's... There's no but, competition when it comes to like... Right. Yeah, there's no competition. Like It sucks that people who have issues in terms of kidney disease, it's like people, just because you look a certain way, they assume it's not a hard disease. Facts. And I think that's like one of the biggest problems. So one of the other things, sorry, this is kind of going off topic, but I'm no, try, no. I, I like bring stuff up as I remember it. So the nephrologist that I work with, she's actually a research uh person and she's devoted about yeah research a researcher she's devoted i think 15 years of her life to this actually so she said what got her going is when she was doing her residency i think it was in georgia they had her going to different dialysis facilities kind of doing a survey on how many patients know about transplants stuff like that and she said she went to this one dialysis center and she went and talked to this 29 year old man that was on dialysis for about four and a half years at this point and she goes have you heard of transplant like you know and he goes no i don't know what that is so she told him what it is and goes do you have any people you know anybody like family or friends that'll be willing to donate to you and he's like yeah I have a huge family and I'm sure you know I have a friend that would be willing to do that he just didn't know come to find out it is not mandatory for dialysis centers to report who they recommend for transplant so she said that she would go to like that certain dialysis center zero percent were recommended for transplant at that center but you would go two miles down the road and 80 percent of their patients were list were recommended so is that now becoming an issue of socioeconomics or is that just like the business of dialysis within itself it's both she says you know generally as bad as it is to say they do want to keep healthy people on dialysis because it's more money because it's a business and we've had this conversation off the podcast it's disgusting that correct no matter what in terms of like disease someone has chronic or whatever like your life is just money dollar bills she also said georgia is the most like worst out of all the states when it comes to kidney disease because of the uh, african americans are highly um affected by kidney disease mm-hmm. hypertension diabetes um also like you know like they don't have you know like shelter or money for adequate food nutrition stuff like that oh, so yeah. it kind of you know all correlates together but i thought that was interesting so they're trying to make it mandatory that the dialysis centers were uh in the hospitals like report data to who they recommend for transplant now you as a patient <laughs> you me. as a patient need to also take responsibility for yourself and even if let's say you're not comfortable with medical stuff you're not comfortable with the white coats there has to be a part of you in this day and age or like whatever that knows there's transplant or something you may not be completely aware of what it is but like I think that I think it's made more aware of now. I think when she was telling me this I, I believe this was like 15 years ago at the time so maybe it's getting better. Well 15 years ago I was 15 and Danwell was searching face transplants. <laughs> Granted, yeah, I had a computer and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, no matter where you live, there's a library. That's true. And I'm not trying to be like, you should do this, X, Y, Z, you should be No, you're right. Here. People should be involved in their own healthcare and look yeah. things up. Because like, like, I don't like the mentality of like, well, no one told me. Right. Did you ask? Did you take the time to do it? Because Did you was, look up yeah. anything besides dialysis? Like, yeah. Yeah. And granted, like, as you said, there's socioeconomics and things like that that play into that. But you 
can't be complacent with what you're told. You have to ask questions. And when someone gives you a paper, you read that paper and be like, okay, so then what's XYZ? What's a transplant? How do you get on the list? There's a list? Oh, okay. So then you, the ball starts rolling, you know? And I also think it comes down to a lot Don't of people- do you have to get referred though? You have to get referred by a doctor. You do. You have to get referred. But, but that's why I'm, what I'm saying. Like, if your social worker could do it for you at the center, if you don't have that, then you have to be the one to be like, look, doctor, send me to the referral. Like, right. if there's anything I have to do X, Y, D, let me know, but get me there. You know? And it's it's not easy to get on that list. You have to be healthy as best as you can with whatever ailment you're facing. Which, back to what I was saying, like, you as a patient need to be in the front lines it's your life you're right and you have to make sure you're healthy you have to make sure you're doing your best because at the end of the day when you're going up to a committee they factor in a lot of things my whole thing is that like transplant process is not easy i guess what i'm trying to say is that like you can do whatever to keep yourself healthy but sometimes your body is just going to do what it's going to do and that's the toughest part to swallow as well you know but back to what i was saying it's just like I want to push this, and it may sound super aggressive, but be be aggressive. Like, no, literally. I can't stand how, like, for example, you know how many times I would go in center when I was in center? And, like, people just, you know, I always checked when there was this nurse, and I did not like him. He was, like, you know how I'm head in the clouds? Like, worse than I am. Mm-hmm. And so he would come and put the heparin on everybody's table. So when I got there, I would double-check the yes. stickers all the time. And I, I'm the only one that I saw doing that. And it's like, what if you're not getting the right dose? Like, okay, whatever. It's like something is minor as heparin, but it's like, yes, they shouldn't make those mistakes, but mistakes do happen. Yeah, we're and, human. It happens. Yeah, and if you can, if you can catch it, then that can prevent a whole thing. Like, just be involved in your healthcare. Like, why yeah. would people not want to be involved? That's similar to like the point where I was trying to say. Similar to like your story, like when I was running the dialysis. I would go up to my little chair and make sure that's my right flow sheet and all the yeah. other stuff. Like, that's me? Okay, cool. Like, I would also double check all of that. All right, guys. So, that's kind of the end of this episode. Um, maybe we're a little bit over everywhere in terms Probably. of conversation, but um, that's some information. And everything Gabby had mentioned in terms of like stats and things like that will be placed in the description below or wherever. <laughs> If you want to, uh, if you're interested in being an ambassador with AAKP, I will put that down in the description below too. So you can sign up and hopefully come in, out and advocate with us and participate. But hold up a second. Kidney one girl. Yes. Gotta sign up for that. We'll do that too, yeah. Yeah, so look forward to that. We're going to be doing up, uh, signing up for the kidney walk in Tampa. Yes, come see us, please. Please. Okay, bye. Love you. Bye. Bye. Love you guys.